You're listening to Kick-Ass Radio for Kick-Ass People, the show where we interview awesome people who have achieved tremendous success in their lives. Our guests will share with you their story and five tips you can implement for living your kick-ass life. Now for our host, Christopher Rouch. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's my life, and I want to welcome you all to the Kick-Ass Radio Show tonight, your place for motivation, inspiration, and edumacation. I am your host, Christopher Roush, and want to welcome you all to our show today. We've got a fantastic guest lined up, as usual. And uh, if you're new to the show, basically what we do here is, me and my guests, we teach you how to have an unstoppable attitude for personal and professional success. We talk about what it takes to overcome fear, to end procrastination, how to set and achieve goals, how to just have that authentic, kick-ass confidence that's going to make you just stomp out anything that's going to be negative in your life. Uh, we do this every Monday night at 6 p.m., and we also, uh, once the show, if you can't make the show live, um, we also, uh, afterwards, the show gets podcasted onto iTunes. So I encourage you to go back and check out our previous shows. We've had some pretty amazing guests on here. Uh, we've ran the gamut of different types of guests and, and just, just an amazing um, time I've had. I mean, I'm on show number um, 107. So I've done 106 shows. And if you figure there's five tips on each show, I mean, that's a lot of tips. And all of it's for free. You can go check it out. You can go to my website. It's uh, ChristopherRausch.com. R-A-U-S-C-H, ChristopherRoush.com. Go to the radio show tab, and you will find a link to iTunes, and all the shows are there. Or if you're uh, anti-iTunes, which I know some people are, uh, just go over to the kickassradioshow.com, and all the shows are there available for you to check out. So uh, definitely appreciate it if you go do that. And, uh, you know, just it's just, a, just having a blast, you know, just doing this. Um, you know, it, it's uh, when you live life and you just actually feel good about what you're doing, what you're providing to the to the universe. It's amazing what comes back. I just spent uh, in nine days camping in my uh, trailer. Yes, I had a trailer with television and air conditioning and everything. So um, I like to camp in style. And I just spent eight days, nine days out there just having a blast. Me and my dog, my wife came out a couple of times. Um, you know, just, just having fun and just, you know, I did some coaching, which I haven't done in a while. So I did some free coaching calls just to see if I was into it. Uh, went for walks, you know, read a book, uh, just totally just, you know, I, I just love my life. Everything's good and everything's great. Um, and that's what I teach people how to do is, is to do, to have a kick-ass life on your terms. You know, sometimes we get caught up. I was just posting on Facebook earlier today. We get caught up on, you know, trying to be, uh, liked by everybody, you know, for the almighty dollar. And it's just about, you know, when you, when you're who you are at the core, you know, it's just amazing what you attract in your life and it's not going to be for everybody. You can't make everybody happy. Um, and money's great, but you know, when you, when you just have the right people around you and you're, you're living your life's purpose, that's what kick-ass living is. Um, so, uh, speaking of guests last week, actually, uh, speaking of camping, I did my show from my trailer. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I took a chance and did it on a Wi-Fi hotspot, um, because we broadcast over the internet and amazingly it was great. Yeah. We had a good time. We, um, we had, the. do we have somebody call in? I think we had somebody call in. Yeah, we had somebody call in. Um, geez, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, so yeah, we broadcasted there. I called it raw, uh, unscripted and raw, or raw and unscripted with Christopher Roush. And it was just me talking about, you know, what it takes to have a kick-ass life and, you know, overcoming fears and everything. So uh, again, I encourage you to go back and listen to those shows and, um, and, uh, let me know what you think. I would really appreciate it. So, uh, I don't want to waste any more time. Uh, my guest tonight, his name is Jeffrey Lynn. And I got the opportunity to meet Jeffrey. Um, we both, uh, belong to an organization called the brightest star, uh, and what we do there is we help uh, inspire kids, you know, to overcome uh, stigmas, whether they're mental health stigmas, whether, you know, just, just to really just overcome any negativity they've had in their life. You know, foster youth obviously go through a lot. Um, hopefully most of them end up, you know, in good homes. But uh, so I met Jeff. And when I first met him, I noticed that he looked a little bit different. And I was kind of like thinking to myself, you know, what happened to this guy? Um, and, you know, got to know him and he's going to come on the show to the he here in just a few minutes just to share, uh, what he is, but I've got a little bit of an introduction. I want to just kind of brief you guys on. He was born with a, a very cruel hyperactive immune disorder, uh, disease with no cure. Uh, literally everything in his world is toxic. There are no safe foods to eat and he constantly struggles to breathe. Every moment the world tears him apart inside and out by intense itching, infections, and swelling. Even his tendons and ligaments react uncontrollably, causing his physiology to be continually twisted. For 10 years, he couldn't even touch water. 
He's battered by every weather change, and these attacks have never ceased over 26 years to allow him to sleep. He's experienced count, countless mental and emotional problems, which you can imagine, as well as uh, due to unrelenting stress, chronic sleep deprivation, malnutrition, PTSD, and medication side effects. Despite the world of opposition, he holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Engineering and a Bachelor of Arts in Mathematical Economics uh, from the number one engineering college, Harvey Mudd. And he's a self-taught stock trader, entrepreneur, video producer, and digital media consultant for Wall Street and Hollywood. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Jeffrey Lynn. Jeffrey, are you here with us tonight? Yes, I am. Hey, Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, had a little bit of a technical glitch right before the show went live, which was pretty interesting, causing my little stress level to go up. But we are here live, and... Uh, I just gave everybody your your introduction, and, and I've known you, and I know your story a little bit, but what I would like for you to do, in your own words, is just to share with the audience what your life has been about and what makes you a kick-ass person to be here on the show. Sure. Um, I think, actually, before the show, we were talking, and I wanted my story to be about um, not comparing that um, my situation is worse than everybody else, so everybody else should uh, feel better about their situation. I think that's uh, coming from a negative standpoint. Um, I want everybody to just know that even if situations aren't perfect, you can still do a lot with your life. And that's um, what I feel like my biggest accomplishment is. I, I know um, you bring on people that are successful, and I feel like I have been in academics and uh, my career. But I feel like the biggest success that I had is staying alive. Uh, that, that's the toughest thing that I've ever done. So <clears throat> um, I guess to start with my story, um, the, given the introduction that you uh, you just um, read, to clarify, uh, my medical situation is that um, I have a rare disease where everything in the world is toxic. So... Uh, to put that in perspective, in medical terms, uh, there's something called an IgE where it's just everybody has it. Every single person has it is how uh, you, your your body, your immune system reacts to things. Everybody needs a little defense. Um, so everybody has about 75 to 200 uh, when you get a blood test. Well, my count is at 20,000. So that just means that um, things aren't only... Um, allergic to me. They're toxic. They literally uh, pull my body apart. Um, it acts like, um, you know, the worst uh, horror movies that you ever seen where the skin kind of rots off or people just, you know, contort and, and uh, you know, spasm when they have uh, a reaction. And that's happening to me every single moment because um, I'm reacting to everything in the world. Wow. So, what, 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 was that yeah. te- what was the technical term for that again, Jeffrey? Um, it's three letters. It's called I, G, and the letter E for immunoglobulin uh, E. Everybody I-G-E. has it. It's just uh, right, right. Yeah, um, I learned about it in middle school or something like that. But the thing is, most doctors don't test for it. I don't know why it doesn't cost anything extra to uh, add it to a blood panel. So um, if you have, if anybody has any kind of reactivity uh, sensitivity, you should definitely get your IgEs tested. Okay. Um, so, so should I continue? Oh yeah, go on. Tell your story, baby. Okay. Okay. So, um, with that background, um, imagine that for most of my life, I didn't know about that. We didn't discover that, um, how severe my situation was, um, medically until a couple years ago. So most of my life, I grew up trial and error, you know, Trying, trying a food or you're getting into very dicey situations and realizing I was about to die and just somehow pulling through it. Um, the doctors released me from the hospital. I was born with it, so they released me from the hospital, and I was totally fine. Um, that's what they said. Um, but to give you an idea of how intense my reactions are, um, before I can even remember, you know, probably like the day or two I was brought home from the hospital, um, as an infant, you know, it's pure pure reaction. You, you don't know anything. Uh, but I scratched myself until I bled, and um, that's how intense it was. Uh, and literally every single day for the rest of my life, I've been scratching until it bleeds because actually uh, if anybody has ever had a itch or have, 
you know, like a spider or something crawling over you. You know, itching is probably more annoying and frustrating than pain. So I scratched mm-hmm. myself to a bleeding point because the pain from bleeding um, actually relieves um, relieves the itching. So that's how I grew up. That's kind of my world, and I don't know any different. Um, but also the foods that I there are no foods that I can that can eat literally zero. Um, it's not just some. I think uh, you posted somewhere that I'm allergic to most things. It's literally every single thing in the world. But we didn't know that. So um, whenever my mom didn't uh, completely clean the pans perfectly or uh, something got mixed up a tiny little bit, um, microscopic amounts, you know, I would start choking. Um, I would uh, start flaring up and swelling and couldn't breathe and had to go to ER. Um, and I also had asthma along with it. And this is pretty common for people with uh, allergies. So it's a combination. If you have allergies, a lot of people have asthma. Um but so as a little boy, you know, little boys run around, they're rambunctious, they're excited. Well, as soon as I start moving a little bit fast or uh, laughing, I would get asthma, I would start choking and start turning turning blue and need my uh, rescue inhaler. So from, I guess that's starting from seven months old, I was, uh, I guess my body has trained me to be more calm than the average person. I have no idea like what I would have turned out to be if I didn't have asthma and these, um, and these allergies, but um, I've learned to stay calm in any situation because if I get anxious, excited, or uh, scared, even in an asthma attack, it'll actually make it worse. So I've learned to uh, stay calm in those situations and, and go for my medication as fast as possible, but staying calm in, in doing so. Um, uh, let, me, let, me, let me ask you, let me yeah. ask you. If you're if you're allergic to everything as far as food goes, how do you get your nutritional uh, supplements? Or do you take drinks? Well, now I do. Um, like I said, uh, just the last couple of years, the doc- doctors finally figured it out. And there's this um, nutritional protein shake. It's kind of like a protein shake, but it's a, a pr- you 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 can get over the counter, but it's basically prescription. Um, it's amino acids. Uh, it's called Elecare, and there's also one called Neocate. Uh, so that provides the nutrition that I need now. But growing up, um, it was always eating different things and seeing if I started choking or not, and we would knew would know that I had to avoid that. But as time goes on, uh, as time went on, more and more things seems to be reacting because um, th- we didn't the doctors didn't have any tests for it, so they didn't know that. Uh, there were certain things that didn't show up right away on my skin, but it was breaking me down from the inside or affecting my my brain and nervous system. So some of that those problems started showing up later. Um, but literally by the time I was five, uh, we had given up all hope. All the doctors had failed. Um, so the lesson I guess from that is I. From the from a very young age, I learned to not trust doctors or smart people. It's not to say that um, the advice is in that you don't um, go to any experts at all, but the advice is that uh, you should always think for yourself uh, or at least do your own research and compare it to what you know to be true. And for me, that was their diagnosis or their tests didn't align with how I was reacting, they, you know, they would say, "Oh, you're reacting to things so and so, so you should take such and such medication, and you should feel better." But I would actually feel worse, and they would give up. So when all the experts give up, you end up saying, "Okay, then I have to figure out how to save myself because nobody else is going to do it." Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So that was kind of hard in a in a way, an emotional way, because. Um, friends and family didn't understand either. It's just such a weird situation to be allergic to everything that uh, most people think, well, you got to be able to have something, you know? So they'll try some medication and they'll ask you to take some vitamins and things like that. But every time I tried something, things got worse and worse. So it broke down my body more and more that um, after a while I start, I stopped trying uh, most things that people would suggest. And uh, so things went downhill, but less dramatically as when I actually tried any treatments at all. 
Um, so, um, what did you? What was? Talk to us about like the darkest time. What was the? What was the? What was the scariest time for you throughout this process of of trial and error with doctors and medications and foods and and just trying to figure out what you can do to sustain a, a halfway decent life? What What was the worst? What was the worst time? Well, it, um, I guess along the way, um, and I'm saying this for everybody going through a hard time out there that's listening to it. Um, it always seems the darkest while you're going through it, and sometimes there are darker times ahead, and that's kind of what I found out. Um, so things continued to go downhill until right after college in uh, 07, 06, um, when a doctor tried, uh, a famous doctor actually tried some uh, a medication, experimental medication, and he was confident it was supposed to work, and it completely failed, and my skin completely disintegrated. Um, I went semi-crazy. My mind didn't really work anymore, and I was basically on my deathbed. Um, that was the hardest time. But what I learned from um, even growing up as a child, I because I got used to fighting so much that uh, my natural tendency was to just keep taking it in the face. I think uh, that's a really good skill to have. It's not uh, you know very technical and, and very um sophisticated it's just uh, you know determination and and grit you know you just uh no you just decide that you're not going to give up yeah and, exactly when you yeah. when you're talking so, about when you're talking about your skin disintegrating i mean like all over your body or just in spots yeah all over my body and including insides so i um i actually lost wow. my most of my vision for a while i couldn't talk so it's a hard thing that I'm talking right now. I have to relearn how to talk afterwards because my my brain has started to go when after trying that medication. Um, but actually, let me let me jump back a bit. So um, about handling dark situations, um, what my there's something my grandpa told me when I was maybe five or six that kind of stuck with me. You know, he's um, in Chinese. Um, that's where, I, you know, my family, uh, we have a Chinese heritage. And he was saying ninja, the, the word ninja written in Mandarin, um, you know, it's it's the word is endure. So um, he got me into thinking that enduring is a thing to be proud of. And actually, so that's kind of the mindset that I grew up having instead of when something gets hard. Um, you run away or you shrink from it. Um, I always looked up to amazing athletes like Michael Jordan. I grew up watching Michael Jordan, and I always read about how much extra work he puts in because, um, especially as he got better and better, people put more pressure on him and try to target him more with their defense. And he had to practice um, and figure out ways around it. And he embraced the work ethic, and he embraced the challenge instead of saying, "Oh, how you know my life is so hard. Why do I have to be a superstar, and have everybody want to uh, want to target me?" And so I kind of look at it the same way, um, kind of like what my grandpa was saying with the ninjas: is you know they work very hard, they're very disciplined, um, you know they they endure a lot of pain, and I learned to be. Um, think of myself as, uh, I guess, proud that I'm able to handle a lot more than other people. And that's kind of translated into other aspects of my life because, um, you know, the things that you teach on the show, it's not just for one aspect of your life. You change one mentality, you start affecting everything that you do, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so... um, so that's kind of what got me through most of my my life, even in college when things were hard. Um, you know, I was proud to be at a very prestigious university, and even though I missed most of the classes um, and I was in a lot of pain, um, I felt that was uh, that was something that I could be proud of. So instead of a negative perspective of you know it's so not fair that I have to deal with so much more than everybody else. Uh, my perspective was, you know, bring it on because I'm going to learn so much more than other people develop extra skills from having to deal with extra problems. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, okay. no, I, I, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, for those of you guys just joining us, we're on the Kick-Ass Radio Show. We're talking with Jeffrey Lynn. Jeffrey is sharing his story. Uh, Jeffrey's an extraordinary man fighting just to live every single day. Um, so, Jeff, I'm just going to ask the question I'm sure the listeners are, are wanting to know. I mean, given everything you said, yes, I mean, your, your, your attitude is amazing and everything. Have you? I mean, I'm going to ask a stupid question, but have you ever thought about suicide? I mean, God, I mean, just to live every day in so much pain and so much uncertainty and so much grief, and I just, I'm sitting here thinking, wow, I'm, I, I think I would think about it. Um, the answer is yes. I don't know if that's a positive uh, one for the listeners or negative, but that's true. There's, it's true. Um, you know. You know, depression hits everybody. That's um, you know, we, we talk. Uh, we you're talking about that. We're both in this group, um, you know, mentoring kids and uh, kids in hard situations with depression, mental illness. Depression hits everybody. Um, I just held out a lot longer than everybody, uh, most people. I think, um, you know, even when I was five, the doctor said I should probably be sedated because of how much pain I'm supposed to be in, but. Actually, because I was allergic to all the medications, I never took any painkillers in my life until recently. So I just took everything full on, and I guess I got used to it in a way. And um, I would imagine um, I had to create a mind cell, imagine better scenarios to help me get through it. But like I said, in 07, when, in, during the darkest time when the doctor had completely destroyed my my skin and my health system, um, my whole body, um, and none of the, I guess, the emergency medication and uh, safety nets that I had before, like steroids, none of them worked. That's when I considered suicide. But you know, I couldn't go through with it. Well, first of all, I'm a wuss. I'll, I'll admit that. Like as much as I've gone through, <laughs> I'm a wuss. So I just couldn't figure out a good way to do it. Um, but also um, looking at my my family around me and all their support, and I knew if I had um, done anything to myself, that my mom would probably kill herself too, and that would leave my sister and my dad. And I don't know how they would go on. So I held on for them for a really long time. Wow. And and so um let me ask you I mean we talked about uh, the the disease being something you know rare is there anybody else in the world that has something similar to you? Um yes there are people I mean at its core it's allergies so anybody with allergies has the same chemical problems bio bio uh, biological problems. Um but the severity is is I don't. There's nobody as bad as me that we know of. There's um, you know some of the tests out there maybe a quarter as bad as me, and most of those people are are sedated or on heavy medication um, medication that's a lot heavier than mine. Um, I think I just learned to deal with it because part of the reason is um, what I said before about um, embracing the challenge. And part of it was not knowing exactly what I had. Some people knew more about what they had. So they they kind of felt pity for themselves. So that's another another point that I want to share with people is if um, you don't want to pamper yourself. I mean, things are hard and you do get down, um, but you don't want to feel like you deserve more and get in a negative state where you're just relying on medica- uh, medication or help or some other things. You still have to uh, take it into your own hands and be at the wheel of your own life. I mean, you obviously have to get help. You can't do everything on your own, but you don't want to just give up and rely on other people because other people, no matter what, as, um, no, nobody's going to have the exact same experience that you're going to have at whichever moment in whichever stage of your life. So, you know, given even though a lot of the doctors screwed up, I don't really blame them because, well, first of all, this is such a unique situation. But also, they there's no possible way they can understand what I'm going through. And they had no medical science to um, teach to really understand it from a medical standpoint at the time either. So um, blaming people or, um, you know, just 
getting into that mindset, it doesn't help at all. And actually, I didn't have that luxury to stand around and complain because there was always something going on. And and if there wasn't something going on, I'm just really focused on doing whatever I can to feel a little bit better at the moment that, um, you know, the negative thoughts and and the complaining that just uh, never entered into my mind. Wow, wow. So, you know, in the introduction we talked about sleep deprivation. So, do you get to sleep or do you have to take pain or sleeping pills to go to sleep? I mean, I can't imagine. I I suffer from some insomnia, and so I know how bad I've been feeling lately. So, I can't even imagine what you go through, but how do you how do you get some sleep? Well, I think you have insomnia because you're a workaholic just like I am. <laughs> yeah. And we can't turn off our brains probably. Nope. Um but uh, that's true. So that's kind of what I was uh, suggesting in the beginning in my intro when I said um, you don't have to have a perfect life situation to improve your life. I know some of the the motivational courses out there you say you got to you know sleep a certain amount of hours a night and you got to have your body in this and that situation um, in a perfect situation and obviously mine isn't. So. Um, I guess I never had the luxury of taking pills to sleep because those pills would make me sick also. So I just, I guess I just kind of pushed through and doing work that kind of distracts me from whatever problems that I'm experiencing at the time. So that takes the edge off. It doesn't completely go away because like I said, my, um, the way my body reacts is so intense that I'm always kind of tethered to reality. I don't get to daydream or kind of doze off into um, kind of escape reality from the pain. I'm always tied to it. But doing work, uh, studying, learning, um, and understanding my own situation and, and learning things that could help my own situation and even just doing creative things, those things um I guess that takes the edge off because it fills my mind with other things. So the the percentage of uh, pain and negative thoughts that I'm experiencing it just it becomes less because I'm experiencing a thing about something else. Right, right. Um, for those, I forgot to mention this. Uh, for those of you guys out there, if you want to ask Jeffrey uh, a question about the situation, uh, you're feel free to call in. Uh, the number is six four six three seven eight. 1582. Again, that is 646-378-1582 if you'd like to call in and ask Jeff a question. Um, Jeff, did you something just dawned yeah. on me, and uh, I think I'm quite a bit older than you, but you, have you ever heard of a, a movie called The Boy in the Plastic Bubble? Uh, uh, you mean Bubble Boy? I think it was called, I think it was, it was John Travolta. It was The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. It was a movie John Travolta made in right, the 70s, right. I think. Uh, uh, it's it's called Bubble Boy, and yeah, yeah, I've I've heard about it, and actually everybody asked me about that question. I think I wrote it down here somewhere of something to talk about. Um, yeah, um, I would say I'm not the same. I think everybody that's what everybody thinks initially, but um, being in a bubble doesn't help me. That's a, that's another um, extreme. I guess a superpower that I have, I can actually, uh, the way my body reacts, I sense things even outside of whatever environment I'm in, like initial environment. So I can feel the weather coming in. I can feel kind of like the, the heat of the day coming in. So like how it's been pretty hot here out in LA recently, you know, by the time seven or eight in the morning, the weather outside is still cool, but enough of the the weather is changing and I guess like atmospheric pressure and the dryness and, and the, the earth's earth's crust is heating up that I can feel that. And by six or seven in the morning, I'll start feeling that before it actually hits, you know, 89 degrees midday. And when when a rain system, a a rain system um, is building on the horizon, I can feel it, you know, several days in advance too, before the rain actually uh, actually starts. So I think being a bubble boy is actually um, pretty nice if I could just hide somewhere and be okay. Wow. Well, I got to say, Jeff, Jeffrey, you uh, you have an amazing story. And, and the reason why you're on the, the show is to obviously share your story. But I also want you to share 
your five kick-ass tips because, I mean, you've already shared what it takes to be in extremely adverse situations and, and, and be alone and be frustrated and all those things. So uh, why don't you go ahead and give us kick-ass tip number one for our listeners. Okay. Um, number one, uh, what I was calling the superstar complex. And actually, I already talked about this uh, with the Michael Jordan example and the Ninja example where um, you embrace challenges. I think it's the there are some people that are born with that mindset, and I think a lot of people aren't, but it's definitely something you can learn. I feel like people who are competitive and people who are um, soldiers or uh, Navy SEALs, they, you know, nobody forced them to be a Marine or a Navy SEAL. You know, they they chose that for themselves because they like the challenge and they feel like um, whatever the hardships and whatever tough assignments they, um, you know, the hard. You know, crappy situations that are put in, um, that's what they thrive on. And I, for me, I chose that because I didn't really have a choice to be in a different situation, but I can choose my mindset. And so I think um, you've talked a lot about this on your show. It's um, You can't really change the environment around you, but you can do a lot to change how you think and how you deal with situations. Mm-hmm. So that's what's helped me the most is embrace hard work and hardships. And um, so even when I do feel better, I don't take a lot of time off. I'm always working on a project or another and challenging myself and uh, making it uh, difficult on myself because that helps me learn, uh, whether if it's for health reasons or for business or um, media. Um, it's kind of how I've taught myself a lot of things. Is I, you know, I, I'm not born with those skills. Um, and I, I don't think I'm particularly smart. I just, uh, I work hard. And, mm. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I. I so okay. who, who besides yeah. Michael Jordan is your inspiration? I mean, do you go, do you go to people in books as inspiration, or other people who have overcome, you know, physical or mental challenges? Who are some other people that inspire you? Um, I don't. <clears throat> That was a that was a childhood fantasy. Um, as I grew older, I just uh, started relying on myself. And uh, but like I said, at, you know anybody, including yourself, who pushes themselves and um, don't feel like they have to uh, be pampered all the time and and feel like they you know they're necessarily deserving of something just because something bad happened to them earlier in the day. Uh, I, anybody like that really inspires me. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, tip number two then. Yeah, tip number two. Go Do for it. Um, I, I think I mentioned this earlier too. Rely on yourself. Um, be proactive and be the producer of your life. Uh, what helped me since a, as a kid, I imagine a lot of things. I'm I'm creative. I like uh making things and uh, seeing things in my mind and, uh, you know, drawing it out or now um, filming commercials and and videos and whatnot. Um, But the benefit of that with dealing with uh, a hard situation is it gets you to think that no matter how bad the physical uh, situation is, you know, things you can't control, whether if it's for me, like my body, or for some people, their relationships or their job or things like that. Um, you can't control the people around you. You can't control the situation, but there's an infinite, um, I, I guess, a infinite well of opportunities within your own mind, and it's just waiting to, to be discovered and be created. So that you can bring that out and change the world, and actually that's what you're doing, Chris, and every entrepreneur out there is they're bringing out something within themselves that didn't exist in the world. And that um, when you think about it that way, then you're not the victim. You have so much power to do so much despite um, having a world of unpredictability and opposition. Wow, it's you know, and it's funny. It's interesting. I shouldn't say it's funny. And Jeffrey, when you're yeah. when you when you've been talking because you and I have talked before, right. something just dawned on me, and and, it, and I'm surprised it didn't come up before. There's a book called Man's Search for Meaning. It's a, from a guy named Viktor Frankl. He survived the Holocaust, and one of the things I learned in that book was that no matter what situation you're in, 
nobody can ever take away from you your ability to choose your attitude. And I mean, this guy overcame so much. I mean, he was he was going to die. He was starving. It was I mean, okay. it was so many dire situations. But the thing he taught me was like, you can't take that away from me. I choose. I get to choose how I'm going to be no matter what my outside circumstances are. So if you've never read that book, it's it's a pretty incredible book. It changed my attitude about life. Well, actually, the first time we met, uh, you did recommend that book, and I, I bought it, so I'm halfway through it. So I really oh. appreciate that one. Yeah, I'm loving it. And oh, anybody good, out good. there who I hasn't picked it up, they, you, know, you should definitely pick it up. Um, it really is. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. I mean, it did totally changed my my attitude about life i was in a victim mindset and i'm like wait a minute no 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 i mean because we always have we were talking earlier about perspectives and you know it's right. like oh well i'm gonna look at that person and compare myself to that person don't compare yourself to anybody else but yourself and if there's something going on you know you can choose your attitude and your outcome right so i think one thing that uh that trips people up when they're taking courses or um trying to improve themselves um, I think a lot of what we're saying and other things that your guests have taught make sense, but um, choosing yourself and choosing not to be a victim, I think the hardest part for most people is, um, you know, is adjusting to that that mindset. And at first, I think it's it's hard for people because you're used to thinking, your, your mind's used to going into a cycle of, um, you know, complaining or saying how, um, thinking about how bad things are. So it takes a while to train, and it's not easy. It takes a while to train your mind to think of something else uh, re- instinctively in a bad situation, and that's kind of what the mind's already doing. You're in a bi- bad situation, you're in a fight with somebody or something, or you lost your job, and um, you instinctively just you know start thinking about the bad, or um, you see that's how other people react to things, and you automatically do it. Um, but you know, armed with the knowledge of knowing that you can do something about it, it just takes a little courage and takes a little practice to um, to work through that and, and know, like the first uh, first time that you're trying to retrain your mind, uh, it's going to be a little bit difficult just because you're not used to having positive feedback um, thoughts going through your mind instead of negative uh, thoughts going through your mind. But that's totally normal. So I just want people out there to know that um, I I do want everybody to try and have that that positive thinking um, trained. Yeah, no, that's that's um, that's really key. And we just had a we have a Facebook question, uh, a really good one, as a matter of fact. Uh, They want to know, huh? Oh, a guy named John. Woohoo! Go for it. Oh, um, John wants to know how in the heck did you get two bachelor's degree if you barely go to class? (laughs) Um, I don't know. Just like everything else I do, I, I, I hammer through it. I, I keep, kept on doing it. Um, my professors were really, really lenient because, um, not on, not, not on grading, but they were lenient about, um, class times. I went to a very, very, um, exclusive, but very small school. So we had about a hundred and 40 students for the four years. So a lot of the classes, there were two or three students in the class. Um, so even if I didn't make it, they made office hours available to give me a private lesson. Um, but that did not mean that it was easy to do it. Uh, I still worked about 80 hours a week or more for college. And that's kind of, uh, uh, that's kind of the, I guess the mindset, um, I believe that because I'm always um, sick and always uh, kind of prodded along that um, I'm always focused on something, I can't, because I'm always sick, I can't relax. So um, whether I'm focusing on how bad I feel or focusing on work or homework, um, that's kind of, I think that might be an advantage of uh my sickness is always being alert and focused on something. So it just depends on where I direct it to. And for college, I direct it at all my studies. So um, for uh, so it would take away the edge of um, how bad I was feeling at the time. Mm. Wow. So uh, so what do you, you know, we talked about you being an entrepreneur, a video producer. So how do you make a living? I mean, you know, in, in, in between being in pain and trying to just be okay in the moment, how do you earn money? 
Um, <clears throat> I became a stock trader, a day trader from home. So um, I guess what we missed out on um, with my story was in 2007, I actually found doctors that understood my condition enough that uh, they pulled me off all foods and put me on this uh, this medication drink um, prescription protein shake that we talked about earlier. So that improved my health a lot, and I'm also on um, immunosuppressants. So that kind of calms down my immune system that I can function better than before. Um, so I became a stock trader because I couldn't go out. I couldn't, uh, for a while, I couldn't even leave my room. So um, it had to be something I could do on my laptop. Um, and, and and after watching, you know, weeks of YouTube and, and going a little crazy from that, I decided I had to do something productive and I mm-hmm. uh, picked up stock trading. Um, and along the way, I had always um, had interest in designing websites and uh, making video um, as a hobby. So I traded that service uh, to the Wall Street guys that I had met. I built their websites and they kind of took me under their wing and showed me how to trade. So that was a unexpected blessing in itself. Um, but again, I think that ties back to constantly working, the constant um, curiosity to learn instead of focusing on how bad I was doing. I wanted to do something else. And um, the people that I work with, they also saw the value of somebody who is uh, really engaged um, and I had nowhere else to go. So whenever they needed something, they'll call me and I would take care of it. So we built up a really good relationship that way. So I, I make money from both um, consulting for Wall Street and Hollywood for media and web design and also day trading. Wow, that's awesome, dude. That's 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 so awesome. Give us uh, kick-ass tip number three, my friend. Oh, are we, is that all we're on? We're on number three? I kind of lost <laughs> yeah. track. I'm keeping track. Um, uh, number three, don't give yourself the choice of giving up. Um, I believe a lot of people think uh, th- that is a that is a choice, but for me, I just say you know that's not going to happen. It's just um, whenever I'm f- feeling bad, it's you know I don't I don't sit down or I don't uh, I don't give myself the chance to feel bad for myself um, because as soon as you you let a little bit of weakness or um sorrow or sadness into into your mind and and it goes straight to your heart you're you're start tearing up and um start getting into an emotional state that just spirals downward the best thing is to just decide that that's not going to happen and that takes a little bit of practice also but to me that really is a choice i mean my choices were between uh, if I if I cho- chose to give, give up, um, that would mean that I would die. So taking that choice away, then there really is no choice. If I didn't want to die, the only thing left was to push on and figure out things for myself because there were no um, doctors that knew what was going on. So um, the reason why I pushed on to um, go to Harvey Mudd and, and try to get the best engineering degree was uh, my goal was uh, – I wanted to cure myself because there were no other uh, research being done out there and nobody knew, um, had any solutions for me. So, well, you know, that's back to the relying on yourself part. Well, somebody has to do it, you know, might as well be me. It's, you know, kind of like uh, back to the, you know, Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant last minute shot, you know, somebody has to do it, you know, might as well be mm-hmm. me because maybe somebody else doesn't have the balls to do it. Yeah. But somebody no. has to do it, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, choose to be a hero or choose to be, you know, just a bystander and let things happen to you. And um, because I, I didn't have the choice of just, you know, being run over, that's basically what would happen if I just give up. So uh, I chose to uh, keep going and not ch- chose as much as I could not to get down about it. Mm. Did you, did you, I, I forgot to ask this question earlier. Did you grow up with brothers and sisters? I have one sister, um, and that was already tough on my parents, um, just because I was like, you know, ten or fifteen kids to handle already. Um, but I do have a sister, and she's she's perfectly fine. Wow, you said ten to fifteen kids. I'm saying um, raising me and giving all the, given all the problems that I have, it's uh-huh. like raising 
you know, oh. ten, ten kids instead of just one. <laughs> do you have a good relationship yeah, that, with your sister? I do, I do, and I think because she's younger, so um, I my situation has always been in her world. So she's a very compassionate person, even at you know as young as like one or two years old. She uh, she, she would always take care of me and you know read books to me while I was sick in bed and uh, try to bring me medication and things like that. So she um, right, she just grew up being a very very caring and sensitive person, and she became um, what she's doing now is nonprofit work in Africa and going out there and helping all the kids and um who are less fortunate out there also and i think that kind of just stems from growing up in this environment wow yeah you got to you got to be pretty tough i can imagine what your parents have gone through and what your sister went through and the rest of your family not only just you but you know feeling helpless outside of you and caring about you and wanting to find something and also there's probably an aspect of being feeling responsible i mean i can't imagine your parents not sitting there having those thoughts like what did we do you know what did this did i do something while i was pregnant you know and and having that blame game did they ever go through a dark period like that on just beating themselves up and actually the in the 80s i mean i was born in 1982 so the the thought at the time was well allergies might be tied to what the the mother had for um what was in her diet while she was pregnant so that you know that wore on my mom, my mom for a long time because she felt that like she had something to do with it you know and even after we found out that that was not you know not necessarily true uh, she still fat, felt bad for bringing me into this world and all the suffering and blah, blah, blah. But um, I've never um, felt any uh, – I, I never complained to them, and I never you know, held them responsible. You know, I, I guess I'm a pretty simple-minded guy in that uh, I just wanted to be over. I, I didn't really care about blaming. I just wanted to be over so I can do the th- things that I like. But I, I didn't want to spend any energy thinking about, like, you know, such and such person just did this and that, or like what could have been, and blah blah blah. Um, that's, mm-hmm. um, I guess, I appreciate that my life is too short to be uh, thinking more about how bad I already feel because I'm already feeling it every moment. That I don't want to spend any, you know, even a moment extra doing that. Right. No, that's. I mean, that's a super. That's a super attitude. That's why you're here on the Kick Ass Radio Show because you're a kick ass yeah. dude. There's something I, I always – one of the things I try to do and I pride myself on is I try to get into the frame, uh, mind frame of, of who it is I'm talking to and try to see things from their their perspective. And one thing I want to ask you, Jeffrey, is uh-huh. I could imagine myself you know, being a fighter just like you are. I mean I've been through a lot of stuff. We've all been through different things. But how do you handle when you hear somebody complaining about something so trivial like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm so frustrated at my boss or, you know, being being frustrated at stupid stuff that they're not that they're missing the big picture. How do you feel with that? And how do you how do you how do you respond to that? That is such a good question. And I've struggled that in the past for uh, so long because, uh, you know, I would just think you know, this is ridiculous, you know. And especially like I'm standing right here in front of you, and I'm I'm on my deathbed, and you're complaining about your girl problems or something like that, you know. But it comes back to um, I guess the the thought that I have is everybody's on their own path, so that's what I said in the beginning that I don't want people to f- uh, feel like they need to compare themselves to me in whatever stage they are in their life, in their personal progress, or even in a, a tough situation that they're handling that um, because, you know, they're not able to complete distance themselves like um, I can or you can in uh, in certain ways that um, they should get down on their, themselves. Um, it's a, it's everybody's on their own path. It's just, you have to know that um, always think that you can improve and as long as people are trying to improve i'll help them as much as i can i'll try to see myself in their shoes and take myself back to that stage of my life of dealing with something less severe and breaking through that and trying to help them understand that um you know they they have a lot more to offer and they don't have to um be victim to something that trivial because there's better things they can do with their time you know just mm. uh so 
yes, for a long time it would annoy me a lot, but um, that is not fair for whoever is going through that problem because for them it's the first time uh, at the rodeo and and it's hard for them. And it was hard for me for the first time we, we were going through it. So yeah, right. I'm sure like right, when not... you had your problems, you don't want people to talk down to you and be like, oh, that's no big deal. But you're wondering like, well, how the how, how the heck do you get through it? You actually have mm-hmm. to get through the tough times to learn um, how to be okay with it. Yep. It's like my tattoo yeah. says, what doesn't kill me only yeah. makes me stronger. So yep. give us kick-ass tip number four, my friend. No, oh, we're running low on time. Okay, number four. <clears throat> Desperation is the worst. So don't get desperate. <laughs> the worst decisions that I've ever made were in desperate times. Um, for example, the uh, uh, you know trying the experimental medication after college and have it completely blow up in my face. You know, um, we worked a lot to get the the connections to be able to even see that doctor and get that medication. But it was because I was desperate. I was out of college and. I wanted to continue having a life like all my friends were going off to um, their new new jobs or grad school, and I wanted to do that. Um, so I got desperate, and uh, you know, I probably should have just uh, stayed home and, and rested and and took my time. Instead, I you know got desperate and, and chose to do something that was uh, riskier than anybody knew. Like nobody, like we didn't know it was risk that risky, but um, it was not a decision made. Um, made with a calm head. So um, having pressure and being in in a desperate situation is good. You want to, you know, sometimes you you do want to push yourself instead of being lazy and procrastinating. You do want some pressure. But the kind of desperation I'm talking about is when you get really emotional and just, you know, charge out onto the no man's zone and get, you know, get your face blown off. You don't want to do that. You know, (laughs) even in desperate times, you you do want to, um, have a plan and and have the less risky, you, you know, Hail Mary kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Play something right. Number five, number five. No regrets. This is my favorite one. No regrets. Because um, I guess before I can even remember, I had learned to I, uh, accept that I probably wouldn't live very long. So every single moment um, I could possibly die. I don't know why I haven't yet. You know, I should have died like the first week I came home because of all the, you know, everything in the world that's trying to kill me. Um, So I, but I've made it a point that every decision I make, everything that I do, um, I do it with no regrets. So if there's any doubt, I'm not going to do it. And if I feel like I wronged somebody, I want to clear that slate so I don't um, carry that burden. Because, and actually, like over the years, I've seen this. um, I guess, like compared to other people, having no regrets helps me be happier because I'm not carrying around a lot of, um, you know, judgments or. Um, things I wish I would have done. You know, if I want to do something, I'll go out and do it. It's not like, again, it's not desperation where um, I'm just, you know, going skydiving because uh, I might die tomorrow because I haven't, then that might have been a bad decision to do. Um, but you know, if there's something I want to do, like come on, come on and speak, um, you know, reach out to new people, even if it's an uncomfortable situation, I'll do it because I don't want to have the regret that, um, you, you know, tomorrow I, I'm too sick to even get up and I totally missed the chance to, uh, you know, connect with their listeners and uh, share my story and even just spend more time with you. Wow. It's, uh, it's, I appreciate number five a lot, Jeffrey, because I have two goals in life, and people are usually surprised because they're like, oh, Mr. Motivational Man, you know, he's probably got like 10 billion goals. And I tell people I have two goals one, to stay the hell out of a hospital, and two, to have uh-huh. no regrets when I die. Those, I figure oh, that's, I have, that's yours too, huh? Yeah, if I can keep those two 
goals, if I can just stay the hell out of a hospital, and, some, and I've had one situation where I thought it was going to kill me, but I was like, okay, am I being stupid here? But um, yeah, I've, I mean, I've, we've talked. I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with the medical community on a lot of different things. I was actually just talking with somebody today. Um, found out he was prescribed an antibiotic that can actually kill your tendons, and I was like, okay, don't, don't just take stuff just because people throw it in your face. But that's another, that's another thing. But yeah, no regrets. I mean, it's, it's all about living in the moment. That's what I tell everybody. I tell people here on the show, it's like, you know, there's nothing you can do about yesterday. There's nothing you can generally do about tomorrow, but there is something you can do about right now. And that's being in the moment. It's like, okay, you know, if you knew you were going to die tomorrow, what would you do? You know, you call people, you would interact, you'd do something, you'd, you know, it's, it's just, it's crazy how, how many people just get so hung up on the past or get so worried about the future that they miss living in the present. That's why it's called a present. It's, it's being right here right now. Right. So let me ask you, um, one of the last questions, uh, what do you do for fun? What do you, what makes you smile? What, I mean, you know, all of this is serious talk and staying motivated and everything, but what makes you laugh and what makes you smile? Uh, the simple things, um, making really lame jokes whenever I can, because I can do that anywhere. I can do that whether I'm in bed, whether, you know, I'm just on the phone with you, um, Amusing myself, any moment that I get, I'll just uh, you know look for the the funny things. Or even if I can't, I'll um, I like like I said, I like being creative and thinking of ways to make something funny. So I'm in total control of um, my my self amusement. You know, even if a movie is terrible, I'll think of you know what they could be saying to each other or how I would film the movie differently so it will be more entertaining, uh, funnier. Things like that. So, um, imagination—that I guess—that's a type of imagination. Just uh, cracking jokes and and leaving funny comments on Facebook. I don't care if other people like it. It's just for me because it's the funniest thing I've ever said. <laughs> uh, that's the best. That, that's what I, I like to do. Um, other than that, I love being um, love creating things. Like I said, bring uh, things in my mind out into the real world, whether if it's a business, whether if it's a a film or a music video, Um, you know, just giving, um, having that mentality of that I can give. I don't have to feel like um, because I'm, I guess, technically handicapped, um, even though I don't don't have a handicapped car car pass, you know, I don't have to feel handicapped because I have so much value to provide and there's so much that I could do that only I can do. It's coming from my mind is my experiences. You know, just two people can have similar experiences and create the same business, but it's not going to be exactly the same. Even twins aren't exactly the same. So um, that's what inspires me and that's what I like to do and that's why I like connecting with uh, people like you and all your listeners who are trying to better themselves and trying to create something because I actually enjoy seeing what other people create more than my own stuff a lot of the times. It's just inspiring. Wow. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show, Jeffrey. You've been, you're an inspiration to me. I'm sure you're an inspiration to a lot of other people. Why don't you let people know where they can continue the conversation with you after this, whether it's on Facebook or your email or a website. Let people know where they can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear from anybody out there who have, uh, who has any other questions about me or um, – you have questions about improving your uh, things in your life or your business, um, you can connect with me on Facebook. That's probably the best place to find me. And my Facebook page is facebook.com slash Team Jeffrey, T-E-A-M-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. You can also find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Lynn, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y-L-I-N. All right. Now I'll make sure this information okay. is on the Kick-Ass Radio Show um, web page okay, awesome. because for, the, for you guys out there driving, listening on your mobile devices, I know it's hard for you to write stuff down. So if you just go over to the kickassradioshow.com, you'll find Jeffrey's uh, contact information. And I just really want you guys out there in Radio Land to just really – 
take into consideration all that you have. You know, we talk about gratitude on this show. It's incredible when you look at the things you have, the simple things in life, the ability to breathe, the ability to drink a glass of water, the ability to feel sand on your toes, you know, to smell a flower. Don't take that for granted because you never know when it's going to be gone. And, and it's, it's called living versus existing. And that's what I teach people out here. So, you know, listen to Jeff's story again and just think about how you can choose your own attitude to be kick-ass or lame-ass. I mean, it really comes down to that. And Jeff, your, your attitude is definitely kick-ass. I want to thank you so much for spending the time here and sharing with my audience um, your story. And I really appreciate it. And I look forward to more conversations with you because I know we're going to stay connected for a while. So for you guys out there in Radio Land, thank you for listening to the Kick-Ass Radio Show. My name is Christopher Roush, and I will see you guys here next week.